We don't have to start everything over, do we? No, no, no. <laughs> Good. Welcome to They Might Be Librarians, a podcast of the Plainfield Guilford Township Public Library. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Hey everyone, welcome back. It has been a while. <laughs> I am Lauren M. I am the cataloger and I purchase adult fiction. I'm Lauren W. I am the Teen Central Supervisor. I'm Joanna Sproul. I'm the Community Liaison. It is April and for the library that means one very important thing. Arts Gala! Yay! Yay! It's back! Art Gala is back and we are really excited to have it starting up again this year. It's been two years. 2019 was our last one. So we are having Art Gala on Friday, April 29th in the evening. It's our big starlight reception where people can come on in and enjoy some wine, beer, um, some light refreshments. We will have some live music from the high school orchestra and lots of awesome artwork will be for sale by local artists that evening. And then the next day on Saturday all day from nine to five. I was on the committee with you to help choose the artists for Arts Gala and I saw some really, really cool stuff. And I'm like, actually texting my mom and my aunt like hey I really I know you guys haven't done this before I really think you need to check this out because there's a lot of stuff for everybody not just not just those who maybe are into abstract art or those who are into watercolors there's jewelry Mm -hmm. there's um, some artisanal craft uh, Mm -hmm. going on as well and there's one artist who does these amazing still life paintings that I could just stare at for hours. I won't say who. You have to come and see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a really great variety of artists this year. We always have a wonderful variety of artists, but it's always interesting to see what different types of art we get. And I'm a fan of all art, but I've noticed I gravitate a little more towards functional art, like some sort of mug or ceramic, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's been what I like a little bit more these days, though. I have bought paintings in the past and, you know, it's, it's just such a great variety. Mm -hmm. Now, are we doing things a little bit different this year in terms of purchasing? It is a little different this year. Yes. So back in 2019, we started making plans after that art scala to make this event a little different and easier for everyone. So how it is working is that all artists will be at the event and doing their own sales. In the past, library staff or volunteers helped with those sales, and then the library would get a percentage of the sale as part of the fundraiser. We kind of switched it around and did it similar to how different art shows do it where you have a booth fee so that's the actual fundraiser part and then the artists stay at the event which is how it works for so many other events so it makes it easier they get their money right away we don't have to do the math and Mm -hmm. you know figure out taxes and everything so they will be on site and you can actually interact with the artists and talk to them and ask them questions whereas in the past they might not have been there 
Um, so it makes it a little a little more personal. But that's nice. I also like the fact that since the artists are going to be right there, if you maybe were interested in something earlier that you saw, but someone beat you to the punch, you can get that artist's card mm-hmm. and talk to them about other pieces that they might have either that they're working on that they didn't bring or something like that. It's a good way for the artists to gain even more fans. Mm, that's true. That's a really good point. I know you and I have a shared uh, favorite, well, maybe not favorite artist, but one of the artists from one of our arts galas, you said that you really love her work. And oh, yes. I love her work too. And I ended up buying not during art scale, um, actually in the middle of the pandemic, but I just loved her work so much and having her at the event and also knowing her was really helpful. Mm-hmm. So join us at the art scale. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to have everyone join us. Um, it's going to be a really good event. Um, we hope you can make it. So Joanna, I have a book that I think you might enjoy. Yes. You love true crime, right? I do. <laughs> okay. So this this is fiction. It's not it's not true crime, but it's based on like true crime and the trend of true crime. It's called The Book of Cold Cases oh. by Simone St. James. Have you read anything by her? No, but I I know I've heard this author from you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um so I guess just a little upfront knowledge about her is she tends to write supernatural-based horror, but it's more like mystery thriller horror as opposed to, like, super gory. So it's the the slow burn creeping horror instead of the blood and guts. It's very, very literary, very... She loves words. She loves to make you feel like you're in the moment. But the reason why I thought that this book in particular would um, appeal to you and to anyone out there who loves true crime is the main character is a true crime blogger. Mm. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's always a fun character to have. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, she's particularly taken with um, a crime that was committed in 1977 near uh, where she lives in Oregon. Um, and two men who, it's seemingly random, like they had no connection to each other, were found killed by the same gun and they each had a strange note left with them and there was a an eccentric very rich young woman seen leaving the scene of one of the crimes well this uh blogger uh shay collins gets the chance to talk to this woman in the year 2017 so uh the beth is the woman who was seen leaving the scene of the crime she's had 40 years to live her life. And now someone wants to talk to her about this. And of course, Beth is very welcoming to Shay. But then the more Shay gets to talking to her, the more creeped out she gets. And she's meeting Beth in this giant house that Beth has lived in for the last 40 years. And she feels like something's not right in the house. Like things move when she's not looking. And Mm -hmm. Beth herself seems very odd shall we say and now she's wondering like oh am i about to become another story in true crime so yeah it's it came out march 15th it's not available right now here at the library because it's checked out i've got a hold on it i was gonna ask if it was checked out by Uh, you no not by me (laughs) not by me but But it will be it will be yes 
So that sounds very intriguing. Mm-hmm. The cold cases just on their own, I'm intrigued by. The blogger part yeah. is that might push me in that direction. <laughs> just just because you know, I listen I listen to podcasts about mm-hmm. true crime, and I a lot of them are bloggers also. So that kind of just fits into what I like about true crime a lot. And then these characters sound very intriguing mm-hmm. in the large, ho- I don't know, houses. You know, I love Rebecca and the, oh, yeah. the mansion of Manderley is such a, it's a character all on its own. And I love that mm-hmm. about mysteries. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And if you like that, I may have a couple of others for you as well that <laughs> uh-huh. might interest you. So the book Dial A for Aunties came out last year, in April of last year, and it's it's less of a mystery and more of a romantic comedy. But for me personally, I'm not a romance reader, and I still loved this book. I thought it was hilarious, and I come from a, a really big family, like really big extended family, and they're all very close, lots of cousins, aunts, things like that. And there were certain things that uh, the main character's family did that just really, really felt real. And I know, Lauren, you and I have talked about how this book did not feel real to you. It felt a little ridiculous. But I also have a smaller and more closed-off family, so this is an interesting uh, comparison here. Yeah. So the the story is um, this uh, young woman, um, she's a... Chinese Indonesian American. Uh, her name is Madeline, and she goes on a blind date. He gets very creepy, um, kind of kidnaps her in her own car, and she ends up accidentally killing him in self defense. And she freaks out, and she does make the poor decision of instead of driving straight to the police, she goes home. She tells her mom what happened. Her mom calls all of her sisters. And so all four of the older generation, all four women of the older generation just descend on her to try to hide the body. Problem is they can't get rid of it in time. So they shove it into a cooler and they're going to take it out to the desert the next day. But then when they uh, start to take the cooler out the very next morning, uh, they realize He wasn't dead, but he is now. Um, And it just kind of, like, unspirals from there. Wait, wait. Okay, I have to know. Yeah. How'd they know he wasn't dead? Because when they opened up the cooler, (laughs) he had definitely moved. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) So there's, like, real clear signs. Okay. Yes. I was like, he was dead, though. How did they know he wasn't? (laughs) Okay. So there's definitely, you know, he was not actually dead. Yes. Cool. Okay. And, um, I mean, again, they do make a series of... Unfortunate decisions. Yes, they do. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like the, the author did such a good job of explaining why they would make these decisions. Uh-huh. They're not necessarily rational, but they're, they're explanations nonetheless. Uh-huh. Um, and the sequel to th- uh, this book uh, just came out last week. And like I like I don't really care for romance novels at all, but I just found this utterly delightful. Oh. And I'm telling my 
my mom about this as well, and she's like, oh, yeah, I see our family in that. <laughs> that may or may not be a good thing. <laughs> so um, is the sequel also a mystery, or what's going on with the sequel? The sequel is definitely more uh, rom-com. Okay. Yeah, it's it hasn't really advertised much mystery. Um, Dial A for aunties definitely did have mystery in it, but um, for aunties and a wedding by uh, Jesse Q. Sutanto, um, that's really being advertised as more rom-com. Okay. So we've moved on from the accidental murders. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe possibly. I don't know. Wow. I love the sound of that one, too. Mm-hmm. I like I like a good romance comedy mm-hmm. combo. It's been a while since I've read anything like that, but I like the way it sounds. And I will tell you that uh, I... I listened to the audiobook for this on Libby. And, yeah, and the reader is really yes. good. It's very, like, both the writing and the narrator are in, in, very engaging. Okay. Yes. So, like Lauren was saying that I, I didn't think it was super realistic personally, but I did finish it. So, you mm-hmm. know, it, it definitely draws you in. I'm going to check, make sure I put it on right now because okay. audio, as you know, is a major the way to go. Me. Yeah, it's the yeah. way to go for me. Are you guys do you <laughs> I, guys prefer audio? Yes. Uh, I do personally. or back and forth. So for me, it depends. If yeah. honestly if it's nonfiction, I prefer print because half the time mm-hmm. I'm gonna be going back and rereading parts and stuff like that. If yeah. it's fiction, I do tend to prefer audio because I yeah. find the um, the readers for audiobooks just a little bit more engaging than the voice in my own head. It depends on the book, but yes. Yeah, yeah that's I, that's true. I guess I said yes really quickly, but I, I love reading with, with my eyeballs, as my book club says. We have, <laughs> we have one member who reads with her eyeballs, and the rest of us listen to audiobooks. Um, but I I do really like being able to listen because I craft a lot and do, yeah. you know, drive mm-hmm. to the library and all those things, and mm-hmm. it's really nice to be able to listen to something mm-hmm. during all of that. Yeah. So I, I, I really like audiobooks. I feel the same way about that. I, I'm not a craft as crafty as you I'm slightly crafty you say you craft a little bit but um <laughs> I just I'm cleaning up after Maggie all the time right. and the dogs and everything and I'm just like I have to have something as like something else besides mm-hmm. what I'm doing am I the only one that does no, that no okay because I I'm just a mm-hmm. with audio I have sure. to have something playing it's almost like an addiction like if I'm going to have to clean my kitchen, I need to have something <laughs> yes, yeah. to, like, motivate me. And that's what audio does. So I'm going to add that to my list right now. Well, hold off on that, though, because okay. actually I have an even better audiobook recommendation. I, I am not wait. kidding. I but wait, wait, there's more. Yes. Um, so The Maid by Nita Prose. Have either of you heard about this book? I have not. Well, first of all, I feel like I've heard about it. it, it well, it's uh, so you may have actually read about it in the news recently because it was optioned by Universal for a movie oh. adaptation and Florence Pugh is attached to star in it. So oh. far, I mean, things can change. But uh, so it's about um, a young woman who works as a maid at a very posh, exclusive hotel and she stumbles upon a dead body in the hotel in a hotel room and it is like their best most exclusive client and there are multiple suspects she is one of them and she has one it's not so much a disadvantage but it 
it can be a stumbling block for her at times in that she's neurodivergent. And I loved the representation of that and how it's like, it's all from her perspective. So you understand what's going on, but then you see other people like trying to figure out, like trying to, to figure out how her brain works so they can understand her, not trying to force her to understand them. Mm-hmm. So I found that part really interesting. But when it comes to the audiobook, I was blown away. Um, it's read by Lauren Ambrose. Are either of you familiar with her? Mm-mm. No. So she's best known for um, the TV show Six Feet Under. Okay. Oh, I watched that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will tell you, there were multiple times when I forgot there was one person reading. She does such wow. a good job with creating these characters that are so different. And the voices are done so, so well because... They're different, but it's not, like, a jarring difference, and it doesn't even sound like she's forcing herself to sound different. It's it's brilliant. Wow. Yeah. So you've read this one? Yes, I have. So the narration, it, you're saying that other characters are trying to figure out the main characters, like, thought processes and yes. stuff, so they're also narrating then, no. too? Okay, you're just seeing it through her lens. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have to add it to my list. It's mm-hmm. It's really, really good. I've been doing nothing but talking about books right now, but hey, what about so you, Lauren? I'm here for. Um, we seem to be on a very uh, mystery theme and rom-com theme. I was telling Lauren before we started recording that all of mine are uh, either mystery or rom-com. So here we are. Um, I'm just going to dig my heels in. Uh, for the month of April, the two that I picked are both um, Jane Austen retellings. So I'm excited about this. Um, Tears Are Price, um, I think last year, put out one that was a Pride and Prejudice retelling, and it was about Lizzie, whose father was a lawyer, and she wanted to be a lawyer too, but obviously, you know, women couldn't be lawyers. It was still set in the time of actual Pride and Prejudice, um, but she's trying to solve this murder and all this stuff, and it was was pretty good. So um, this month, actually yesterday... April 5th. Um, Her second one came out. It's Sense and Second Degree Murder. So in this one, um, Eleanor Dashwood, I cannot talk today. Eleanor Dashwood is an aspiring scientist who discovers her father's body. So she, you know, obviously they have to deal with who is now going to take over the house and take over their um, money. And before she and her sister Marianne move on, they find evidence of foul play and realize that it might be a family member. So they combine their skills, so her scientist skills, and then Marianne has worked as a private investigator. Um, So they combine their skills to try to investigate their father's death, even if it might ruin them. So that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm curious to see how she works in all the characters and all that stuff. And then um, the second Jane Austen retelling that I'm looking forward to is April 19th. Um, it's debating Darcy. So Sayantani Dasgupta came out with is coming out with the book, and the characters are Leela Bose and Feroz Darcy. Um, Leela is a lifelong speech competitor, so it's current day. Sorry, moving into current day. Oh. Um, Leela is a lifelong speech competitor who loves crushing her competition, and she's like unbeatable apparently. But she's uh, really ticked off because Ferozi comes from an elitist private school debate team, so she wants to one up him at this debate competition. And she realizes she may have gotten in under, like, over her head. And um, people might not be what she seems. So she's trying to not lose this competition now and maybe change her opinion of Darcy. So I think that one will be a lot of fun. I love it when things get spun a little different. 
I also have a book coming out um, April 19th. Ooh. Changing subjects just a tiny bit. It's called The The Paris Showroom by Juliet Blackwell. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've talked to both of you how much I love Juliet Blackwell's um, Cozy Mystery series. Mm. She has uh, two um, supernatural cozy mysteries that are set in um, the Bay Area. Love them both. This is very different. Um, it is historical fiction set in Nazi-occupied Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, our main character, Capuchin Benoit, is, um, she works with her uh, father, at, and they're both Parisian designers. Well, then when the Nazis come in, they're both arrested for her father's politics, and she's able to talk herself out of being sent to Auschwitz because she has all these connections with the famous design houses and the Paris elite and things like that. So they're like, okay, well, we're not going to send send you out there. We're going to put you in a work camp at the uh, Levitine department store. I had no idea, but this was actually a thing that huh. the Nazis did in um, occupied Paris. They actually had a work camp in a department store, and they were supposed to basically be available at the whim of the German elite. And Mm. this is her story of just trying to survive because yeah, you might be safe at this work camp, but any little thing can send you, send you somewhere even worse. So this is her not only trying to survive, but trying to lead an uprising. And I'm just very intrigued by where this is going to go. Yeah. I'd never heard of that either. I just uh, read the Alice Network. Have you ever read that? I no, but I've heard of it. Um, it's you know, it goes through both great wars, mm-hmm. um, but it deals with a lot of in in France of dealing mm-hmm. with German occupiers and mm-hmm. and trying to uh, sneakily get around them and do you know share information and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting. I wonder if it'd be kind of a similar feel. Seems dark and gritty. And, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah, because the only other thing that uh, Blackwell has written so far has been more uh, romance. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of her first foray into grittier historical fiction. Yeah. So I think it should be really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. She probably had to put a lot of work into that research, too. Uh, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, and this is definitely something that most people, uh, well, I know I didn't know about it. Right. Um, so I don't know if most people, but I know I didn't know about it, and I felt like I knew quite a bit about um, Nazi-occupied France during World War II, so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. hmm What else you got for us? Well, I was going to say not as dark, but we've got some more murder mysteries. So, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, so I have been listening through some uh, old Agatha Christie's because mm-hmm. The Death on the Nile came out, the movie, and mm-hmm. watched that with my husband, and we both enjoyed, like, whispering to each other as we were trying to figure it out. <laughs> and um, I would just like to say, for the record, that I figured it out early on, and he didn't believe me, and then we both didn't believe me, and then I was right. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but so this this book is called The Agathas um, by Kathleen Glasgow and Liz Lawson. It's coming out on May 3rd. So it's kind of, they're kind of using Agatha Christie books in this book to try to solve a mystery. Okay. Um, so a character named Alice, she went missing for five days last summer after her boyfriend Steve dumped her for her best friend Brooke. <laughs> now, Brooke is missing, and she's never reappeared. So people are suspecting that Steve is uh, not a good guy. And uh, so Alice 
actually wants – she doesn't think it's Steve. She thinks it's something else going on. So she wants to prove that it's not Steve, and she doesn't think the police are doing a good enough job. Mm-hmm. So her, she and her tutor, Iris, are teaming up to try to solve the case of what's happening to Brooke. And um, Iris is doing it because she wants to um, gain the reward money that Brooke's grandmother is putting out there. And so they're using their complete set of Agatha Christie novels to help them as they're trying to decode what's going on. Um, But they discovered that their town holds more secrets and danger than they expected. So that one looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think I may have to read that just simply to geek out over the... Agatha Christie. Yeah, because like um, Alice's disappearance kind of mirrors Agatha Christie's own real life disappearance. And then... um, it's Alice and then Brooke, and then I'm like, oh, does someone with the first name C also go missing? Ooh, and it's like the ABC, ABC murderers. Yeah. You know? I just read that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's a good, uh, I guess we'll see. That, that's just me geeking Agatha Christie, though. But that's what these authors are trying to do, so yeah. it might go that direction. We'll see. So, yeah, I think that one looks like a lot of fun. Um, and then May 17th, another mystery. Um, this one's called Gideon Green in Black and White by Katie Henry. So Gideon uh, was a, a famous boy detective in his middle school days, but now that he's 16, he's hung up his fedora and he's retired, <laughs> which is so good. Um, but now his ex-best friend Lily has come and asked him for help, and he can't turn out, down a case. So he uh, gets his trench coat and fedora back out, and um, he joins their school paper as a cover, um, but then he finds that he actually enjoys working with other people. It sounds like he's more of a Sherlock, like, I'm a genius on my own kind of guy. Mm. Um, so he's trying to, like, you, there's some character development throughout the book, it looks like. And um, as they're getting further into the case, he's realizing that ne- not everything is black and white. He, you have to look at the truth in all colors. Um, so he has to come to terms with that. Or, as the uh, blurb says, risk a permanent fade to black, which is very dramatic and i think the murderer is coming after him so (laughs) i am very curious about this one um and i like i just like that he was a a famous boy detective but only in his middle school years i I just (laughs) like what what was he solving i just want to know more honestly (laughs) but yeah so i'm looking forward to that one that is gideon green and black and white okay and then i guess since i'm just going to keep plowing on here we're heading more into our romances and other classics so um, on June 14th, there's a book called Love and Other Great Expectations by Becky Dean. So an American girl, her name is Brit, which is very confusing because we're also dealing with the British. Um, but her name's Brit. Uh, she loves soccer, but she has to quit after an injury, so she doesn't get to take her college scholarship for soccer. Um, so she jumps on the chance to complete compete in a scavenger hunt in England that goes through all of the sites in, like, classics classic novels so but she doesn't know very much about classic novels so I'm not sure what drove her to do this but um on the way she meets a British and bookish boy named Luke he can't technically help her because that's against the rules but I guess as the competition heats up and she realizes that other people are cutting corners she might start cutting corners too um but she also of course this is a romance so she's of Mm -hmm. course going to fall for bookish luke so i'm here (laughs) i'm here for the the classic british novels and uh luke apparently (laughs) i think it'll be a lot of fun nothing like a good romp through england um and then i know this is getting into summer but it looks like a lot of fun on uh june 28th uh, Margaret Stoll and Melissa de la Cruz are coming out with a book called A Secret Princess, which is a mashup of The Secret Garden and um, what, what, what else am I thinking of? The Little Princess? <laughs> little Princess. Thank oh, you. Um, so in this book, best friends Mary, Sarah, and Cedric are in, 
in an insufferable boarding school, but one friend's personal tragedy leads them to create a secret plan that will change things for good for all three of them. So um, this duo of authors also did Joe and Lori, um, which I think some people loved and some people didn't love because (laughs) it was kind of like fan fiction. You know, you get a little bit more of the romance side of things than in the original Mm -hmm. um so i think this one will be a lot of fun too for all the people who are like what if we did this with a classic or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh in the ya world right now there's a lot of um retellings and re what they're calling remixes Mm -hmm. so a lot of reclaiming old classics but making them um putting different (laughs) characters of different ethnicities and backgrounds and and from those same time periods in Mm -hmm. so i'm really excited about what's going on this is more of just like a fun Whatever. It's not a remix. It's just like a mashup. Uh, but like the, the remixes are a lot of fun too. So I'm excited about what's going on with YA, like thoughts of how we can do new things. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a book that's kind of along the same track only, except this is more historical and biblical. Okay. Um, the book Potiphar's Wife by Mesu An- Andrews is coming out May 24th. And it is... I mean, the story of Potiphar's wife, all that we really know about her is that she tried to seduce Joseph when he was a slave. That's literally all we know about her. But this story actually is told from her point of view as a woman who um, is from Crete. She's the king's daughter. She is um, like she actually has decision making responsibilities and uh the her father thinks that actually the the egyptian pharaoh at the time is going to want to marry her but instead he just the pharaoh just sends her off to um to potiphar who doesn't even care about her like kind of ignores her she's left alone she then ends up developing this obsession with joseph and we know the story from there but at the same time like you really get to know her and where she's coming from and why she's hurting so much. And it's really a tale of redemption for this incredibly sad and broken woman because of what was done to her. It's like, yeah, in in the Bible, she sounds horrible just from like the two lines that we get. But this is sort of an asking of like, but what would her background have been? What would have led her to be this way? And it's it's a... It's a way of humanizing her, and it is it is it is um, it is Christian fiction. Uh, the The author is a Christie Award winner, and um, she has done a ton of research into the background of all the powerful families at the time. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where she goes with this story. Yeah, that's interesting, especially if she was doing research into power. You know, like just figuring out. What could have been. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it seems like we have lots of mysteries coming out in the next few months. <laughs> yeah. Or that have already come out, I guess, for some of them. But hopefully our listeners also like mysteries and romances as much as we do. <laughs> All right. It has been a while, but I'm excited to do our geeking out segment. Um I'm going to start with the other Lauren and see what she's been geeking out about lately. So this has been going on for a couple of months. I'm absolutely geeking out over the uh, British comedy show Taskmaster. I haven't even heard of that. Well, I'm shocked I haven't told you about it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, 
what happens is there are there are five comedians um, that are popular in in the British comedy uh, comedy world, and um, for an entire season, they compete against each other in all these different tasks that are assigned to them by the taskmaster. Mm. Now the taskmaster is uh, Greg Davies. He um, he's also a comedian. He um, did stand up. He did some some acting and sitcoms. He was a former teacher, and he also stands six feet eight inches. Nice so yeah, he and when he goes into teacher mode, he is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> so he he ha- he's like the embodiment of a taskmaster. And then you've got his uh, personal assistant. Uh, named Alex Horn, and Alex is actually the showrunner. He's the one who comes up with all the tasks, and he's there for every single task that happens. Um, but Greg gets the ultimate scoring; like you get you get scored one through five points. Okay. And it it does sound it does sound a little confusing, and maybe possibly even a little bit boring until you realize that these tasks are all ridiculous, and each comedian films by themselves so they can't even like see how the other person is doing they have no idea what someone else did and in some respects cheating is very much allowed (laughs) there are certain rules that can't be broken but if it doesn't say you can't do this then you are more than more than welcome to try it uh probably my favorite task is um uh there's uh each person walks into a room there's a cupcake on this table, and Alex lights the candle in the cupcake, and you have to take that cupcake to um, another part of the Taskmaster grounds and um, light a candle, a different candle, with that same flame. So if the flame goes out, you're done. <laughs> and one person is just like, yes, all right. So she grabs the cupcake, turns around, opens up the door, and there's a giant fan blowing at her. Oh. And it blows out the candle because she didn't protect it. Just, Interesting. Yeah. It's it's actually really, really funny to see uh, these people try different things. And some people come in and they think, I nailed this. And then they see how everyone else did and then how they did. And they're like, oh, no, I did not at all. I really screwed <laughs> that one up. I'm not going to lie. When you said Taskmaster, I thought it was going to be some, like, crime show where somebody was like <laughs> pulling everybody's strings and then this was not at all where I thought no this is like... actually very funny I know I tend Sounds to like delightful. the dark gritty, gritty stuff but no I it's it's hilarious interesting yeah I'll have to check it out um so you can only watch it on YouTube okay yeah unfortunately we don't have any broadcasting over here in the U.S. okay uh but seasons one through eight are available on YouTube Season 10 is available on YouTube, and then we had to purchase season 9, and um, I think we purchased season 11 as well. Um, You can do that through um, iTunes, Mm -hmm. and then season 13 is going to come out really soon, actually. I'm sure you're excited. Very excited, (laughs) yes. Uh, They tried to uh, bring Taskmaster over here to the U.S., and it failed dismally that's sad (laughs) i know huh it's such an interesting concept and i it's right up my alley i remember you telling me about it i'm glad you're mentioning it again because i'm gonna go watch it (laughs) because it it sounds 
intriguing just it, the way that different people's minds work yes mm-hmm. yeah um, mm-hmm. and how they overcome obstacles mm-hmm. i will tell you that um the f- very first task in the very first episode will kind of let you decide whether or not you want to keep going okay uh the very first one that they do um is um eat as much watermelon as you possibly can oh man yeah <laughs> and just the different approaches like you wouldn't think that there would be different approaches to this but there are absolutely yeah Yeah. huh i mean anytime i ever tell our teens anything they all take it a different way so Mm -hmm. i guess that's just how everybody's brains work for Mm -hmm. sure yeah makes sense what about you joanna anything you've been geeking out about uh i guess I don't know if it's geeking out. It's just normal Joanna stuff. But um, <laughs> I'm sort of moving back into documentaries a little bit more. Um, I follow a woman on TikTok who loves documentaries. And when I saw her pop up, I was like, ooh, this is somebody I need to follow. And she'll do different, you know, genres and things and recommend them. And what really convinced me was I didn't know probably two-thirds of the ones that she was hmm. recommending. And I, not to say I know a ton of them, but I've seen a lot. And I've seen two so far. One is The Alpinist, um, about a mountain climber, free climber. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't have the names or anything. Just it's It's a really cool documentary. It's a really cool documentary about a guy that climbs mountains and different sort of ice ice uh structures structures <laughs> i guess like it's not just mountains it's hmm. also like waterfalls that are ice oh it's, my it's oh, amazing wow. um i don't have a fear of heights but watching the documentary <laughs> was definitely uh, made me uneasy the main character and i cannot remember his name right now but just no fear no fear huh. like the the camera person that went up with him to do this documentary is like very skilled and this is not their first rodeo and they're talking in the documentary about like this is this guy is not tethered like oh, he gosh. is he is literally on ice or rock that can fall any moment. No. And I'm not going to give anything away, but if you are interested in anything that I just said, you should watch it because it is a very interesting ending. And then the other one, Misha and the Wolves, which that was a really random one that just came up that she recommended. And it is about a woman who was, a Holocaust survivor as a child. She's around seven and she was taken away from her family and um, the Nazis got her somehow and they were trying to transport her, I think, to a concentration camp. She somehow got away and traveled through the wilderness to try to find her family and ended up finding wolves and lived with them this is all nonfiction. oh my goodness and survived like crossing 
the border into, I forget, I want to say it was Switzerland, but I could be so wrong there. But, um, so her story was picked up by someone and she wanted to make it a novel. Well, Disney found out about it and was like, hey, we want to make this into a Disney movie. And without getting super into the weeds, it's not what you think. Any of it is not what you think. It is uh, a lot of genealogy, mm. uh, investigative work that goes on into figuring out this woman's uh, family history, where she actually came from, why she's saying that she was with the wolves, um, and whether or not she's telling the truth. Interesting. So I'm not going to say one way or the other. But it also, like the alpinist, is not what you think. And very interesting. Hmm. So uh, that's why I like documentaries is you learn a lot. And it's it's interesting to get perspectives on things that, you know, I, I had no idea that this even existed. Disney did not do anything with it. <laughs> um, so that might tell you something. But um, there were novels that were written about it. So hmm. that's what I've been geeking out about. Yeah. Cool. Lots of different information right there. Yeah. <laughs> Two different worlds. Yeah. What about you? Well, I already kind of talked about it a little bit. Um, after my husband and I went to see Death on the Nile, he's been like on this huge mystery bent. Um, so we've been, we just started watching through Mayor of Easttown. So we're trying to figure out, I don't know if you guys have... Okay. I've heard of it. Oh, okay. You've heard of it. Um, so basically it starts out with um, the main character, Kate Winslet, is a detective. And she's been working on this case of a missing girl from her town, her very small town where, like, pretty much everybody knows everybody. Um, she's been – there's been a disappearance for a year and she hasn't been able to figure anything out. And so um, it starts out just kind of you see how her life is falling apart and – um, you're finding out about all of these different characters. I have a hard time with, like, seeing a bunch of people's faces and trying to keep them straight. So, like, <laughs> that, that first episode was a little rough for me. The second episode was much better. Um, so you're trying to figure out what's, where that girl is. There's another thing that happens that you're trying to figure out. And then you're trying to figure out if they're, like, if they're linked and things like that. So I think we only have one or two episodes left. It's a mini series, So that one's been very good. But um, it's been fun as we've been, like, throwing our... Um, opinions back and forth and trying to figure it out together. And then um, we went to Barnes & Noble the other day and uh, bought books for each other, like mm -hmm. based on what we thought each other would want. Um, so I got him a book by Anthony Horowitz that is uh, – he wrote himself into the book. So this detective is trying to figure out what's going on and has to and brings in this novelist, Anthony Horowitz. <laughs> and so, I don't know, it sounded so funny and intriguing and it has really good reviews. So um, – my husband actually started reading that. He's not a big reader, so I was nervous about finding a good book for him. Um, but he's he's been liking that one so far. And I'm like, well, I want to read it after you're done because that sounds so interesting. Um, the other one that I didn't get, but it was still by Anthony Horowitz, um, it's about an editor gets a murder, like a mystery writer's book. But then there's, so there's like a mystery within the book, but then there's a mystery about the book. Magnum Murders. Yes, that one. Yes, yes I almost asked so you if you had read that. No, it looks I so good. I love it. It is fantastic. Okay. 
There's a sequel as well that's okay. also pretty darn good. Okay. Well, I might personally have to read those. I didn't think that one would be quite up my husband's alley, but... They're available on audio. Well, excellent. I'll have to be <laughs> listening to that. But yeah, and then I've also been listening to some Ag- Agatha Christie's. Um, I just listened to the ABC Murders. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm listening to the... the Blue Train something something. The Blue Train Mystery. Oh, that's. I was like, maybe I'm missing words. Nope. Blue Train Mystery. Yes. Um, I'm not super involved mentally with it yet, but I guess maybe I'll get there. It just keeps that's, jumping from character to character, and it's. It's not it's a Poirot, is it? It is a Poirot. Is but it? I thought it was a Marple for some reason. He was barely in the beginning, and he's not been in a lot of it, and okay. maybe that's why I'm having a hard time connecting with that one yeah. personally. But. I still have a little ways to go, so. One one that I definitely, definitely recommend for you, and it, it's not a Poirot, it's a Marple, but it's The Mere Cracked. Okay. It's really good. It's it's a little bit creepy, but um, but I, I would say no more so than, than Death on the Nile would be. Okay. Um, it's just, like, what happens, like, the resolution is just, it's a, gut punch and yeah. it's fantastic okay so the mirror cracked yes okay i'll have to look for that one sounds good but yeah so basically i've clearly been into mysteries because that was all the <laughs> books i'm looking forward to and that's what i've been doing lately so well i love it because i get to geek out about agatha christie with you that's right <laughs> but yeah all right so i guess that's it for us today thanks everyone for joining us we will See you next time. Thank you for listening to They Might Be Librarians. Bye-bye.